Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Alan. Delighted that you've joined us today. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Tucker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steetalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. Hello, enlightened investors. I'm your host, Dr. Allen, and I am happy to be with you today as we visit with the expert on building multifamily investments through partnerships and vertical integration. Arlene Garza is co-founder of Reap Equity and Reap Management. Her company has acquired and manages $300 million in assets and has taken six assets full cycle with over two times the average returns. So Arlene, take us off by telling us a little bit about an experience from your formative years that helped you to be the person you are today. Thank you, Alan, so much for having me on your podcast. I definitely admire anybody who is out there trying to educate investor community on passive investing and investing in general. I grew up in a small town in West Texas, large family of 12. And I learned a lot from my younger years. One of the things was that hard work doesn't always yield the highest returns. You know, you can work very, very hard as I saw both of my parents do. But, you know, the priorities you set in life really determine how well you live life, I believe. As an example, you know, my father worked in the oil field industry in construction and my mom was a stay-at-home mom with 10 kids. You couldn't quite, you know, find a daycare that was going to be worth it with that many kids. But I also learned from growing up in a large family, lots of beautiful things. But one of the things that I remember my dad saying is your choices control your destiny. From the point we were just involved in a middle school and high school student government, which I was a part of. But his main message to us was going to college was the option. It was the way to improve your status in life. And so luckily, all 10 of us went to college, but we did it by focusing on our grades and qualifying for scholarships. I mean, there was no way my parents could pay for all of us to go to school, but we did go to school. The second thing I learned from growing up is that you always have to have a plan B. My father died at the age of 48. At that point, there were four in college and three still at home. And so I was worried. I I had graduated from college, but I was worried about how my mom going to survive, right? She'd never worked in her life. But her plan B ended up being her 10 kids that went to college because we were all able to send money home. Uh, She actually was able to get a job at the church as a church secretary. So that was a, a big blessing in our lives. So those are two things. I think the other thing that I learned from growing up in a you know, very modest means was you have to learn how to grow your money. 
In other words, you have to learn how to build wealth for yourself and for your family. And most people don't know, even now, they don't teach them in high school how to manage a budget, much less how to build wealth or how to invest their money. So I worked in banking. That was my first job. And one of the things I I got out of that was that saving and investing your money was the way to make it grow. You can't just leave it parked uh, somewhere. It's not going to grow. And therefore, you're going to end up with what you started. And so for me, real estate, when I found real estate, has been a game changer. It has been our way to, to take the savings we had and multiply it. And so that's why, to me, real estate investing is important and sharing the message with investors on how they can grow their wealth also alongside us has been a huge part of what we've done. Well, what a fascinating growing up experience. Not many of us have that many siblings. I- I'd forgotten you. You grew up in West Texas, but I'd forgotten what town you grew up in. It's a little town called Kermit. Kermit, okay. Like the frog, but we were named after some Confederate general's yeah. nephew or somebody, <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay, yeah, now I remember. Where is Kermit in conjunction to, to Lubbock and, and Midland? It's Is it somewhere between? It is. Yes, it's about 45 minutes west of Midland, Odessa, kind of headed towards El Paso and about two and a half hours south of Lubbock. Actually, Lubbock is where I went to college. I went to school at Texas Tech. Enlightened investors will be right back after this important announcement. I have a big ask that will only take a moment of your time. Ratings and reviews are the lifeblood of our podcast. So to leave a review, iPhone or other Apple iOS device users, go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes. For all you non-Apple device users, go to podchasers.com. On either platform, search for Real Estate Investing Abundance. Once found, please leave a review and a rating. Subscriptions are also vital to our show's success, so please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. It is free to subscribe, and you can unsubscribe at any time. I spent a semester at Texas Tech as well, but I did my undergraduate at Lubbock Christian. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So, we've been in the same territory. I mean, I just can never forget how the few trees that are out there in West Texas all lean to the east because the wind prevailingly comes from the west there. And I have always thought that was so strange. But anyway. <laughs> that is strange. And yeah. the sky, I'm sure you recall in, in the around April or so, would turn orange because of all the dust storms, you know, it was beautiful. You just Uh didn't want to be in the front, in the middle of one. So Exactly. And I wore contacts going through college and walking across that campus in those dust storms. Oh, what a pain that was. (laughs) (laughs) I can agree. Especially if you're a female and you wear a dress on any one of those days. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have built a real estate empire, and you started from scratch. So tell us about that journey. Wonderful. Well, for me, again, I was in banking for 20 years and did not really have a lot of exposure to real estate. I did have exposure to lending and banking and lots of the things that have helped me. My husband sold his business in 2007, actually right before one of the crises, and it was great timing. And he had a property management software business. Mm -hmm. So he had seen the backside of what investors and owners were doing by seeing the financial reporting that came out of the software. And so when he sold his business, we made a decision. 
one, to move our family to San Antonio from Dallas. I have my mom here and um, several siblings. And we just saw it as a good market to start our real estate investing journey. So when he first came to me and said, I think we should buy multifamily properties, my mouth fell open and I said, I had never considered that. It seems like a big daunting task. How do we even get started? So we started by educating ourselves. We joined some real estate investor groups. We joined the apartment association. So we got a really good background on what it takes to run a property. Fast forward to 2012, we bought a 24 unit property here in the San Antonio area and decided that we were going to manage it ourselves. We are the type of people that we want to understand the ins and outs of a business. And so I did the leasing and the accounting and the marketing, and my husband managed the rehab and the maintenance side of the property. And what we learned early on was that people really value the place they live. And apartments for many, many uh, people is their home. And so from the beginning, we wanted to make sure that we were providing the best home we could for our residents. And that has really served us well by keeping the resident first in what we do. So from that 24 unit, we bought another one around the corner, 28 units that we felt like we could combine to have management staff instead of us being so involved. And we did that. And then within six months, somebody made us a great offer on the first property. That was a 370% return for us. So we were hooked. Yeah. At that point, all the numbers made sense. All the process made sense. So we continued to buy. In San Antonio, we wanted to build scale so that we could hire a team. And we did try third party once we hit about 500 units, third party management, just so that we would have time to kind of step back and grow. We did. When we hit about 1,200 units in March of 2017, we brought the properties back in-house and hired you know, the standard things you would in a business, accounting and HR and a regional manager and started managing our own again. And so now we're vertically integrated, which just means we manage all processes from acquisition through disposition. And it has served us very, very well. And It's more work, but we wouldn't do it any other way because at night we know what's happening with every one of our properties. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. As an industry-leading relationship-focused design-build construction firm, Mosaic Construction has worked in many different asset classes from multifamily to retail, medical, industrial, and commercial. Mosaic Construction works to execute interior and exterior renovations with their team of trades and project managers. Their experience with value-add improvements has resulted in increased ROI and long-term value of the assets. They work nationally in partnership with local trades to deliver thoughtful, problem-solving construction management solutions to all their clients. For a personal no-obligation consultation, call Ira Singer, 773-491-3145, or email Ira at mosaicconstruction.net. You can also find Ira on LinkedIn. Well, a fascinating way to start, and I don't know too many people in this industry who actually started from actually doing absolutely everything. A lot of people start in single family and they're doing absolutely everything, but when they jump to multifamily, 
they're usually doing that within partnerships, but you got an excellent, excellent foundation from actually going in there and doing absolutely everything yourself. So you learned everything from the minutest details to the overall aspects of that. And you did it very incrementally in a very systemized way. And so I can see why you have been so enormously successful in this process, because you have taken it step by step and educated yourself and learned that whole process. Well, you eventually have come to the point where you have vertically integrated everything and you're still running everything so that you know exactly where everything is. But you also have branched out into partnerships and you now say that partnerships are key to what a successful real estate business is all about. So tell us about that jump from absolutely running everything to branching out to partnerships. Sure. The initial partnership was with my husband, right? We've been married now over 31 years. And that partnership, you know, although it started as a marriage, when we started working together, all of a sudden the dynamics changed, not of the marriage, but of the business relationship. He had run his own business for many years and was the primary boss. And so when we came together in this venture, we had to learn how to work with each other from a business perspective. We each have a different approach to things. I have a 20-year corporate world background and he had been a serial entrepreneur. So one of the things that we learned from that was that initially we were both involved in every decision. We were both involved in all every single aspect of the business. And so that hampered our ability a little in that we didn't divide and conquer. And so I attended a course that really spoke about your unique abilities. And what that means is identifying the things that you are good at, the things that you enjoy doing, and then identifying how do you sub out or hire for the things that really do not produce as much for you. So coming back from that class, we both had been involved in operations and acquisitions. And so I had a conversation with him and I said, you know, I took a look at my unique abilities and I've been a lender before. I'm a numbers person. I have a degree in finance. I really think I'm better suited just to manage the acquisitions process. And I think because of his background had been running a business, I said, I think it would make sense if you would consider the operations side of our house, of the business. And he said, oh my gosh, he said, I'm so glad you said that. I've kind of been waiting for that. He said, that's that's what I enjoy doing. And so it has made a huge difference in our growth because we do divide and conquer. He's got his lane that he's most of the time stays in and I've got my lane. And so we're able to accomplish a lot more and we've grown now we're at 3,000 units, about 300 million in assets. And it's because of some of those strategic decisions on how to partner. I'd like to add that if it's not your spouse, if it's another partner, because we have brought in co-GPs or co-general partners as we've grown, some to give new people an opportunity to learn how to do it and others just because it was a st- good strategic decision. But what we've looked for in those partnerships are people who think like we think. We ask a lot of questions. We don't just sign up with someone and move it forward. We ask them about their decision-making processes. What are their values? You know, What are the things that are important to them in a business like this? And we've aligned with people who put the investor first and our residents first. Those are the two pieces of our business that are going to 
keep you moving forward and are going to make the money for you. That That's how you're going to be able to move forward. So I would say as people look to partnerships, ask a lot of questions, even ask for some references. And we've had people who've asked us, would you care if I ran a background on you? We're like, no way. I mean, I mean, we're meeting no way we don't mind because we do. We are an open book and we don't have anything to hide. So if you want a background, run a background check. It's only somebody we're seriously looking at working with, obviously. obviously. We're like, go ahead. Go ahead. We're, we're happy to share with you about our background. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Would you ever invest all your money in a single stock? Very unlikely. Yet, investors are willing to risk $50,000 to $100,000 in a single property in real estate all the time. Avestor is the world's first customizable real estate investment platform. Investors can build their own custom portfolio selecting investments across multiple asset classes such as single-family homes, multifamily, student housing, self-storage, and shopping centers. You can also invest across multiple markets and different time frames. Avestor also enables other real estate entrepreneurs and syndicators to build and use Avestor's infrastructure and cloud platform to create their own customizable real estate funds. To learn more, visit us at avestorinc.com. Avestor, real estate investing made simple. Well, you make it sound like this transition from really developing a partnership where there was a clear division of labor there, like it was a very smooth transition. But I wonder if there weren't some bumps in the road. And I wonder if there was were some challenges in letting go of control. Yes, definitely. I think the biggest piece of it is hiring the team and then letting them execute the plan. If you get in the way, it goes back to what I said before, you're not dividing and conquering. You're you're basically slowing down this machine that could be so active and so positive. We have a team today of about 85 people. Most of those work on property at our 14 properties, but we have about 20 in the corporate office. And that group is the group that we have investor relations, we have a transactions coordinator that gets all the paperwork coordinated for the loans. We have a marketing director. We have an acquisitions director. We have analyst, HR, you name it. We've got a VP of operations. And so what we try to do is provide the overall guidance and the vision, and we let them execute. And with anything else, you know, you inspect what you expect. But if you get too detailed in that process, Nobody moves forward. Everybody kind of stays at a standstill. So I think that was the biggest challenge or the biggest lesson to learn was to trust that if you hire the right people, you give them the plan and you along the way monitor, things will be great. Things will be fine. Well, fascinating. Well, you say that passive investors are the lifeblood of the business. What are the key things that you learned that passive investors should look for in a transaction? Well, I think that it starts with the sponsor or the general partner. That is really going to be the person or persons that are going to make the decisions, not only just day to day, but your overall decisions that come into play. And so I do think you have to, as a passive investor, find out who is that general partner. What is their track record? 
And don't be afraid to ask them for references. We are asked all the time, can I talk to any of your investors about their experience? And we overwhelmingly give them two, three, five people to go talk to because it's about being transparent. And I think that's the other thing. In the reporting, we provide monthly reporting to our investors and it's very detailed. We want them to see everything that's happening at that property. So making sure that whoever you're working with is going to give you information on the property and the performance and isn't afraid to answer questions as you go along the way. Those are big things that I think. On the deal side, actually the the transaction, I think it's understanding how they underwrite. I find that a lot of passive investors have a pretty good idea about real estate investing, but they may not dig in as much into the numbers. So I would just recommend that people get familiar with how does a property make money? Not to the nth degree like we do, but understanding that you rents and the other income sources, you know, drive a big piece of it. And then on the expense side, We're very careful to monitor that. It's not unheard of for us to take over a property. And day one, we cut expenses by $2,800 a unit. We go in and renegotiate every contract because we know what we should be paying for things. And many times, you know, the management company has kind of instituted and kept these contracts in place and hasn't really reviewed them. So we go in and do that at every acquisition. So understanding that rents and other income drive the big line at the top of the income piece of it. Expenses, if you can reduce them and still spend the adequate money to keep the property in good shape, will produce a good net operating income. And for multifamily It is strictly valued on that net operating income, the income that it generates. So if you're familiar with that basic background, you can take a look at an opportunity that's presented to you and decide, does it seem to make sense? And ask a lot of questions because that's going to determine how much your money is going to grow because as that income rises, so does the value of the property. And when you go to refinance or sale, that's where you're going to get a big chunk of dollars added to what you invested to begin with. Well, $2,800 per unit in reduction of cost is really quite amazing to me. So that tells me you know your stuff there. That is truly impressive. Arlene, I know our viewers and listeners are going to want to get in touch with you and pick your brain further. How can they get in touch with you? A really good way is to reach out to Reap Equity. That's R-E-E-P equity.com. And there is a spot on that website where you can click for more information. And when you do, our investor relations manager will pick all of those emails and then she sets up a phone call with us. Jacob or I, my husband, Jacob or I are on every one of those investor calls because we want to make sure that we are available to answer any questions that someone may have about investments. Well, excellent. So that website, once again, is REEP Equity, R-E-E-P-E-Q-I-T-Y.com. And Arlene's email is that same thing. It's just Arlene at Arlene Garza. So reach out to Arlene. Arlene, share with us one of your most difficult setbacks in life and how did you come through that time and what did you learn from that experience? 
Well, I think one of the biggest setbacks, in addition to my father's death, which I think is one of the most, I guess, challenging times personally, I think the second one was deciding careers. I had been in banking for a bit and I had decided that I wanted to go to law school. I felt like I could really help others by understanding the law and helping to interpret that for clients, et cetera. So I told the bank, took the LSAT entrance exam and did well on that, applied. And I was amazed at how fast the process was and started law school. And within two months of starting, my son had pneumonia, a pretty bad case of pneumonia. He was two at the time. And in this particular law school, they said, if you miss more than three times, it's an automatic 70. And so at that point, it became a decision. Do I decide, stay, be there for my son? Or do I try to figure out how to take care of him and do school? So I decided I would just wait. I I decided I would postpone. I stopped, dropped out of law school for that period of time and stayed there to, to help care for my son until he was better. And so I think what I learned from that was that even though everything seemed to be well laid out, it wasn't in my path at the time. There was no reason why he would have gotten pneumonia then. But I I did have to look at what was important to me. And it's not always money. It's not always power. I mean, those are the things that go away in one millisecond, right? It was family. And it was having, being able to be there for my kids so that they would become good, productive, you know, citizens. And fast forward today, our daughter joined our business nine months ago. She is now one of our analysts. She worked for us in high school as they both did on property. So they were familiar with it. And our son joined us this past summer as our capital projects manager. He's studying real estate finance and development. And so he wants to build them from the ground up. So it's been a a blessing to have them involved with us from the time they were in high school to now. And now we are building a legacy business. We're working towards building something that they will be able to take over at some point in their future. Well, excellent. Well, Arlene, it was a delight to be back with you again today. And what a fascinating life you've lived and what an example you lead for others. So thanks so much for being with us. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steed Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steed Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at Steed. Taco.com.